everybody. Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I am Sean Coomer, your host. So glad to have you back this week. I'm joined once again by my co-hosts Joe Chung and Mark Osterman. We have a wonderful show for you today, including talking about the coronavirus and uh, travel. Mark's detailed review of his recent first class experience on Cathay Pacific. We have rapid fires and a lot more. And finally, before we get into the show, if you do enjoy the show, consider telling a friend, let people know about the Miles to Memories podcast, let them know that we're here each and every week talking miles, points, deals, travel, all this cool stuff that we love and uh, live each and every day. You can also subscribe to the show at mtmpodcast.com. We support all of the podcast platforms, mtmpodcast.com. Let's hit it. So, uh, Mark, you getting ready for New Orleans this weekend? I am very ready for New Orleans. Got to wrap up some stuff, get some stuff set up for the website so it can post, even though we're not going to be technically working or writing that day, the Saturday or Sunday, but very pumped for it. Excited to see everybody. We've been talking on Facebook groups and stuff of everybody that's going and going to meet some people that I've talked to a long time on Facebook, but haven't met in person. So I'm excited for that. How about you? Have you got your flights booked yet? Finally? I have some flights booked. I've been uh, messing around (laughs) with different... Anything in that like two hour, within a two hour drive of New Orleans. The flights have just never been reasonable in price. They were cheap on Spirit, but you dragged your feet. Well, there was, no, there is one direct flight on Spirit. It wasn't cheap. I wouldn't call it cheap. It was like $250 round trip before any of their fees. And so I was waiting to see if it would get cheaper and then it sold out really quick. But yeah, I'm going to end up flying, uh, I think into Biloxi, which is less than about an hour away. So it's not bad. And I've never done that. So I'll get to check that out. Another uh, casino area that I've never been to, even though I I don't gamble i love to check them out yeah so i love that fun. you love checking out casinos but you don't gamble it's awesome <laughs> i did grow up i guess around them so that makes no sense. it's cool to see like the different styles and all that stuff yeah especially you know in the newer uh or some of the ones that have been renovated like you know some of the ones in in biloxi like the golden nugget i'm looking forward to seeing that the the kind of the good side effect of of having to search all this stuff is i've noticed into these smaller regional airports how widespread american airlines web specials have been and so I'm flying for like five, 6,000 miles each way on last minute tickets that would cost $400 in cash. I noticed in Mobile, Alabama, Gulfport, Biloxi, Mississippi, and even Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And so a lot of different regional airports, they're, they're having specials. So just always remember to kind of search these last minute trips, search for these different, these different awards because now none of the programs really are charging the last minute award picking fees. So if they have seats to fill, it seems like they're consistently discounting them. Yeah, I've noticed that with AA and United lately, so that's kind of cool because when I when we did the Vegas do, I booked that last minute because I was going to fly on Saturday. I was worried about not making it on time, so I checked, and both United and American had really cheap flights like within the last five days before flying, 7,000 miles or less, so definitely check that out. If you're like Sean and you like to wait to the last minute for everything, it might work out. And Joe, uh, you know, you're still not too late to jump down to New Orleans with these great last minute deals. I'll fly you out of Newark, man. Come on. <laughs> wow, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I could you turn can use that. Use the porta potties before you get on the plane. Sad, I'm not going to make it, but looking forward to hearing you know all your stories of debauchery and et cetera that uh, Mark will probably have. Um, and yeah, definitely sorry to miss out, but you know hopefully I'll make one soon, uh, one of these days. Although I really do appreciate the recurring bit of me never making one. I'm sure that I will not have a voice next week. I'm guessing that's go- that's going to be likely. Nice, oh, my lord, it's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun and. Speaking of fun, guys, so yeah, we hope to see everybody there. Mark and I will be out there, a bunch of people. I think, what's the latest count? 130, 150 people in New Orleans. I think so, it's like 130 with everybody. Yeah, so we're definitely looking forward to meeting everybody. And uh, seeing- Mark needs to go uh, crowd surfing Shakira style, please. 
Oh, my hips don't lie. Oh, no, man. they do not. That was a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It was almost as bad as the halftime show. Oh. What? The halftime show? Yo, How could you say crazy. anything bad you're about crazy. Shakira? Yo, you're crazy, bro. Now you're now you're. It was lip syncing the whole time. Lip syncing the whole time. It was awful. I thought. That's. I, I don't think I've ever seen a Super Bowl halftime show where they don't lip sync. Lady Gaga, man, a couple years ago. Gaga. She's like the only one. So. Yeah, because she's the only legit I, singer. But okay. <laughs> all right, well. That, all right. Anyway, I'm speaking not, of yeah. fun, yes. <laughs> he just says something so utterly ridiculous, and then you can't. You just can't respond to it because. Lady Gaga is amazing, though. I don't want anybody to think that I don't like Lady Gaga. but No, she's uh, like let's, phenomenal. We agree on that, thank God. So the other thing is I've been searching for these for these flights, and, and I finally got it all locked down, and that's great, and that's, a lot, that's fun for me. But the other thing that's coming this week is all these 1099s in the mail. Joe, you getting, uh, you getting buried in referral 1099s from all the different banks? Yeah, it's like Harry Potter with uh, all the letters flying in through the mail slot. So it's uh, getting pretty crazy. Learned that SoFi stands for social finance. So uh, today I learned. Yeah, I noticed that too. That was interesting. (laughs) Yeah, so... You know, who knew? I guess that's why they uh, have all the referrals and stuff like that. I saw, I don't know if it was actually during the Super Bowl, but I definitely started seeing ads for them on TV. So, you know, their advertising budget still seems uh, pretty healthy. But anyway, like I said last week, definitely check those nondescript envelopes. Most of them should say tax information enclosed, but you kind of never know. Check every envelope you get. Make sure you kind of open all mail that seems like junk right now from banks, just in case it's a 1099 from a bank that you forgot you did a referral for or a checking bonus for or whatever. Yeah, definitely. They're coming in and SoFi is coming in a little bit late. Just because you didn't get it by February 1st, they're still coming in. And every day that USPS, uh, my email that I get from the Postal Service tells me that more and more of them are here. So I uh, hate that thing, by the way. People told me this <laughs> is the greatest thing. I love it's it. Just, just stresses me out. Yes. Yeah, you know, people like you. Is anybody else out there like me where you go to the mailbox every day and you kind of hope there's going to be like a check in there that you just didn't know about? It happens like once a year where I don't know if it's from, you know, like a lawsuit settlement thing or the best one is like uh, one time I went to it, the mailbox and got a check from the mortgage company. We overpaid the escrow or whatever. So there's like an $800 check. So I go out there every day, you know, anticipating finding some money. And most of the time it's just a bill or something negative. I don't know why I still do it. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. Like, I love the feeling of not knowing what the mail is. And this informed delivery has, like, completely killed it. So Yeah, or when they I, fake you out and you're like, oh, something good from Chase or whatever. And they're just like, uh, 0% balance transfer offer or something. You're like, dang, I thought that was my new card. Just ends exactly. up taking me off. The only thing that that's crazy is when you get something, like, from the IRS or... Uh, yeah, and you sweat like all that. day. Yeah, so. you gotta sweat all day, and, you know, because as a business owner, you, you you do end up getting mail a few times a year from the IRS. So yeah, it's like, oh my god, what does that say? That. So I guess sometimes I don't like it, but then when it's something that's cool, like a new credit card came, and I knew that that's what it is, I get really excited. So I guess there's good and bad to it. You're uh, wrong. It's all bad. <laughs> all right, and with and with that, let's uh, let's move into the show, and let's start with the first topic, which is sort of a serious topic. I know, Joe, you've you've been following uh, the Wuhan coronavirus and sort of all of what kind of what the truth is and sort of the media hype of it. And I know I've seen you uh, chime in on Twitter a few times uh, about you know what is the reality of it. Um, but what the reality is now, at least, is that we know that a lot of most flights to China are canceled. Um, there's going to be a huge economic impact on China, on that entire uh, region. And, you know, places throughout China are just on complete lockdown, right? Kind of what's the latest for travelers? What should we know? 
Yeah, I mean, I think do not plan to go to China anytime soon. A lot of these airlines have canceled flights. Qatar, I think, was the first airline to say, we've canceled flights because everyone else canceled flights and it's just made it operationally difficult for us to make flights. You know, so they didn't say they were canceling because of the virus, but they kind of used the, well, everyone's kind of mucked up the, not the airspace, but like kind of the infrastructure. So they made it difficult. So, you know, Airlines are canceling flights for all sorts of reasons. A lot of them, the U.S.-based airlines are all offering free changes and cancellations for anyone booked through February 29th, or most airlines. That might not be the exact date for all of them. So if you had travel planned, you know, you're going to be made whole. Um, But it is kind of a bit of a mess. And I'm kind of of two minds of this. Like, on the one hand, I still think we don't know enough about the virus, and this is a little bit of or at least the way it's being portrayed or talked about by a lot of people, it's a little bit of an overreaction. The scary thing is that we don't understand the virus yet completely, or even close to completely. That's the scary thing, but that doesn't necessarily mean the virus itself is scary. Even though the death rate is pretty high at 2%, uh, it's not as high as what SARS was, which is just like at 10%. It makes me wonder what SARS would have been like during the social media age. People probably would have gone crazy. But if you think about it, SARS was killing 10% of people. I don't recall like this many flights getting shut down like i said i'm of two minds like one i think there's a little bit too much hysteria going on i guess i'm of three minds one too much hysteria two i am a little bit cynical i do feel like some of the reason why these airlines are canceling flights is because they're just going to lose a lot of money because people aren't going to want to get on those flights even if they are running and thirdly even though canceling flights i think is a product or at the very least, fueling the hysteria because it makes things seem even worse than they might actually be. I do think staying home, not as much travel, not as much contact, it will limit the effects of the virus because that's kind of how communicable diseases work, right? So you know, just take the common flu. If we made kids stay home for two weeks every time they had a fever, kids in schools would just have less flu because that's just how diseases work. So those are kind of my main thoughts about what's going on. What about you, Mark? I believe that's kind of fear-mongering. I'm very cynical in that aspect. With news, I think they just grab onto a story and pump it and pump it and pump it, and then social media picks it up, and they just kind of drive it so much worse than it than it really is or, or should be. And like you said, 2%, but it's such a small infected population. You know, what are the numbers at? Is it like 10,000 right now, Joe? Something like that? 8,000? It was up to 15,000 over the weekend, and I think it's higher than that now. But if you like look at like the swine flu, like, I forget what it was. Was it like 50% of people got infected with it? And the the death toll was, the percentage was really low because so many people got infected and 1.5 million or whatever it is ended up dying from that. And that number is way larger than any number of death from this probably will end up being, but they're making this seem way worse. So I do question like that, like you said, like we don't really know much about it yet. Like I was reading an article uh, that I shared where the first person-to-person contact in the U.S. happened, and it happened between a husband and a wife. Like, she came back from China, she was sick, and she infected him. That's going to happen. Like, I don't know that that's news, like, oh, no, person-to-person contact. Like, people were probably thinking, oh, he got it on the subway or whatever, but it, it happened. Somebody goes home to their wife, and the husband's taken care of the sick wife and ends up getting sick too or whatever. So I do worry about that. I understand shutting down the travel because you don't want it to spread everywhere. 
But I, I also have read an article where a person just takes proper precautions that writes about these things and has been to all these things and talks to people that are sick and has never gotten infected. So I think if you take precautions, I think you would be fine. But I guess somebody could just come up to you and cough on you and you can't stop that. But what do you think, Sean? The one thing I will say is that the, the Chinese government does seem to be taking this very seriously now. Uh, within China, pretty much all travel throughout the country is shut down. All public places are, are pretty much shut down. We've talked in the past about like Shanghai Disneyland, Hong Kong Disneyland being closed, but all theme parks, all public parks, all public areas are closed off. So they really are doing their best to, to stop it from spreading. But as far as what I've read is it's spreading through, you know, person to person contact, like you say. So being diligent about washing your hands, sanitizing surfaces that you're touching while traveling, doing those sorts of best practices probably goes a lot further than just putting a paper mask on your face that probably doesn't provide a very good level of protection. Um, there are some good information out there on the web if you want to see about which masks work and which ones don't and and you know what, what you should maybe use. And there's a shortage of masks right now anyway if you're trying to buy surgical masks and stuff. Interesting point on the masks is the article I read about the, the woman that works in this industry and stuff said so the masks don't really help at all, especially if you're wearing it more than one day like a lot of people will just use, reuse the same mask or whatever. And if there's shortages, more even more likely, like you're growing bacteria in that because it's always moist and you're breathing into it and it's up against your face. So it doesn't do you any good if you're healthy. Uh, sick people, that's better because it keeps the cough in if they're coughing. But healthy people, it doesn't really, at least that's what she said, it doesn't really help in any way. It's more important to wash your hands. Don't touch your face after you touch any surface. Stand a couple feet away from people in public spaces. But most of the content, it's going to come from you touching something and then rubbing your eye or touching your nose or eating some food. So that's where a lot of this person-to-person contact is going to happen versus a mask that I guess it could get you from touching your mouth or whatever, but you still could rub your eye and stuff. So I don't know. I think masks are overdone. Yeah, I mean, I think the reality is, you know, number one, I think people should understand that generally in Asia, when these things are not happening, when people are wearing masks, it's because they are sick and they are trying to prevent you from becoming sick. I'd echo what Mark said, like, if you think a mask is going to help, it really you have to be changing it out every single day or maybe multiple times a day. So it's a bit of overkill unless you're super diligent about it. So we should do what, you know, Mark said, and really this is what you should be doing every single flu season. Just wash your hands 20 seconds each time. Don't touch your face, like Mark said. It it bears repeating because that's how you prevent the spread of disease, any disease, any sickness. And so the coronavirus is no different, especially because we still don't know exactly how it's transmitted. Well, we're all parents here, though, and it's easier said than done when you're traveling with children, getting them not to touch stuff and touch their face. Are either of you, you guys mean, like, concerned? They lick the the tray and stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you tell them not to, and they do exactly that. Oh, I dropped this on the floor. Let me suck on it. <laughs> so, I mean, I have a trip planned in th- in less than three weeks to Australia and New Zealand with a with a four year old, and and I know it's, as much as. I know the truth about the numbers and all that. It's still kind of concerning. It's still in my head like, okay, that we have to be super diligent about this stuff. So as much as, like you say, it can be overblown, I am certain. I know that we're certainly using this as a good reminder as a family to be super, super diligent. Do either of you have concerns about traveling with your children? Or would you have concerns about traveling with your children under the current climate? Even if not going to, let's say, China or anywhere else in Asia? 
I'm sure it, it seeps into the back of your uh, your mind just because it's your kids. You want to protect them. And if, if they did get sick, you would feel like it's your fault. But I think overall, there's probably no more risk than, you know, getting any type of disease when you're traveling. You're in an airplane with people, so you, you probably have a higher risk because you're closely confined. I don't know that it would keep me from going somewhere like Australia or anything like that at this point. I mean, it could change by then in the next couple of weeks. It could spread everywhere else or whatever. But now a uh, little tangent, Joe, I have a question for you. Yeah. On my Cathay flight, the all the flight attendants were in in the first class cabin were wearing masks. Now, do you think that was more because they thought people would want them to wear masks, or was it their personal decision, or what do you think? Was I thought it was kind of strange that they were all wearing them. My guess is, and that's a perfect segue because uh, I think we're supposed to talk about your Cathay flight next. So, wow, you're a real pro now, Mark. Amazing. <laughs> but anyway, you know, my guess would be. It's a Hong Kong airline, so you know there is that Asian influence. I'm thinking they're probably not sick. They probably would send their flight attendants home if they were sick. So I think they're wearing it for peace of mind of their passengers, so that the passengers will not worry about them passing on any diseases or sicknesses or illnesses to them. Because you you have to think about it, right? They're preparing your food, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, they're not getting their breath on anything. Um, You know, just keeping it all in for themselves and further incubating whatever they have. That last part yeah, of the joke. That, that's, what I, that's what I was guessing. But there was a lot of them. Or not all of them on the flight were wearing them, but pretty much everybody in the first class cabin was. And then the uh, people like where you check in and stuff were wearing them. So I was kind of surprised. But that's what I figured, that they were doing it more for so passengers aren't worried that, you know, they're coming from Asia and bringing illness with them or whatever, which I wouldn't have been worried about. But I understand some other people might have. Maybe they just saw you get on the plane and they decided to put on the... Uh... The mask yeah, after that's the totally could have happened. You totally. know what? That that's the that's probably the correct hypothesis. Right. Yeah, that's that's my first thought. But yeah, let's you know we, you're going to review Cathay Pacific first class. Uh, you recently flew uh, or New York to Vancouver, and I think that you have maybe a little bit of a different take than a lot of people do. So we thought we would do kind of a detailed review here. And uh, do you want to start by kind of giving an overview of the of the reason you booked and how you booked, what miles you used, and kind of the inspiration for this trip? Yeah, so I've been wanting to fly uh, Cathay for a while. You know, everybody talks about it and it says it's the best. And I have always been looking at the JFK to Vancouver because it's like a six-hour flight. You know, I could do it over a weekend or whatever, and I've always wanted to go to Vancouver. Originally, the plan was like, I'll fly to Vancouver once and then take a train down to Seattle and check out the ballpark there and make it like one trip. But since it's a fifth freedom flight and they're getting rid of it, Somewhere at the end of March, there this uh, direct flight from JFK to Vancouver is going to be no longer available from Cathay. March 27th. There we go. So that kind of bumped up my whole plan. I was I was waiting to do it when I could do it with baseball and everything. But I said, all right, let's get this done now. So I, I searched for some award space and I ended up booking it with, I had some British Airways Avios in my account and it was, I think, 51,500 miles and $20 to book it one way. And I had done that with a uh, transfer from American Express Membership Rewards when they had the 40% bonus. So it was really like 37,000 membership rewards miles. So it was a really great deal. I think the cash price of the ticket was over just over $4,000. So if you're into the cent per point thing, that's pretty good. So that's how I did all the booking. Mark, I want to get to the to the flight review here, but I know that uh, you you were really excited to visit the flagship first lounge in JFK. So uh, flying Cathay Pacific, you got access. Which lounges did you have access to and what did you visit before you boarded your flight from JFK to Vancouver? Yeah, so I actually flew into LaGuardia and then I had to transfer over to JFK and uh, Vic from one of our Facebook groups. What's up, Vic? Uh, he what was up, willing. Vic? 
<laughs> he was willing to pick me up. It ended up working out. He's like, hey, I live in between the two. I'll pick you up. So he picked me up and took me. Uh, we grabbed some pizza, uh, which was awesome. Hung out for a couple hours and then went over to JFK. So I had like six hours by the time I got there before my flight. So I had access to the uh, American Airlines flagship lounge. And then I also had access to American first dining. So I went to the lounge first. I was going to save dining for shortly before the flight. And when you walk into the flagship lounge, we talked about this a little bit, I think last week or two weeks ago, to the left is like the main uh, lounge area. And that's where the dining room is too. And then to the right is like the bridge suite area or the bridge lounge area. And not a lot of people know about it. They didn't say anything about it. The door was open to it, but she didn't mention it. She just walked me right over to the dining room. And I said, well, I want to go to the bridge lounge first. So she said, okay. And I walked over there and I'll, I'll put a post up, a review of it and some pictures of it, but it's kind of like a tropical feel. It looks really cool. But what I didn't realize was there's this bridge area, which kind of overlooks the terminal. So you feel like you're out in the terminal. You, you hear a little bit of the sound. There's plants and stuff, so you can't see people or anything unless you go up to the edge. But there's a nice bar and it kind of has a cool feel. Probably my favorite lounge in the US that I've been to. And then there's a whole other back area that's like a regular lounge that's attached to this area and then you can also go over to the main lounge area that's massive too so it's kind of like there's a lot of space there was no people around me i sat at the bar by myself and in the bridge area there was probably at most 10 people towards the end there was like two people so it never gets too crowded which was pretty cool and they had a a small menu there and all the drinks and stuff the service was amazing the bartenders were were super diligent and, and just happy, which was shocking because it's American Airlines uh, employees. But everybody was great. I had a great time there, which I think you you said you walked through the lounge, but you've never really hung out in that area, Sean, correct? Yeah, I've been through there. I've been in the sort of main lounge area and then in the in the flagship first dining, but I didn't spend a lot of time in the bridge section. And I was there in the morning too, so little bit different no drinking and all that but yeah i mean it's a it's a cool lounge and so how did so you went from from there into the flagship first dining how was that experience there how was the food yeah so the bartender made me get uh, some korean short rib tacos which isn't something i normally would eat um, but i had had enough beers that i gave it a try and it was good he said i said well i'm going to the dining room so I don't need to eat here because he kept asking me if i wanted food like seven times while i was sitting there i ate it it was good and then I went over to the dining room, which was which was pretty cool. It's like a it's basically a restaurant, and it looks like a nice restaurant. It's got a bar area, and then some seats and tables up by the bar, and then it has down to the side is like a full restaurant area with probably like twenty tables. And I was in there like an hour, hour and a half before the flight, and there was maybe twelve people in there total. Um, I know I've read some other reviews that if I would have gone in there earlier, I don't think anybody would have been in there. I'd had the tacos, I had some um, crab cakes, and I had some salad, and it was really good. The service was great, very attentive. A big drink menu. Uh, they had is it? I'm probably gonna say this wrong. Krug. Is that how you pronounce it? Krug? Krug? I always thought it was Krug, but I don't, now I want to look it up before. <laughs> I think it's no, Krug, you got it right? right the first time. You got Krug? it right the first time, yeah. yeah. It's not Krug. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Krug. That's what I thought. All Give right. Some of that um, Krug. Krug. Krug it down. Um, Getting drunk on that Krug. <laughs> so I had some Krug because everybody always talks about it. And, and I was planning on having it on the flight, which luckily I didn't wait because they didn't have it on the flight shocker i don't know what was going on so i tried it in the lounge to be honest uh 200 bottle of champagne tasted like a 15 dollar bottle of champagne <laughs> you can send your hate you're hate triggering, you're triggering people right now here i can i can feel the the trigger <laughs> happening as we speak 
I didn't know that much of it. Trevor doesn't listen to this. And it's just starting, everybody. It's just starting. Maybe I didn't sniff it. Yeah, it only gets worse, guys. Or whatever, or gurgle it. I don't know. But it it wasn't all that impressive to me, I guess. I don't don't know. If you lined them up, I wouldn't have been able to tell the difference. So there's, uh, I'll be the first blogger to say that it's overrated champagne. (laughs) All right. So anything else notable to happen in the lounge? How fast did the six hours go by? Did they just fly by or? Yeah, it went pretty fast. I mean, I was doing a little bit of work and then uh, chatting in the Facebook groups and on our work Slack and tried to write some things. I had a good time, to be honest. It went fast. I wasn't uncomfortable in any way. You know, I had access to everything I needed. So I'd do it again. I think that was kind of the highlight of the trip, to be honest. All right. So I guess we should then talk about getting on the airplane. You know, what were your first impressions? I guess you've seen, I'm sure you've seen a million pictures of the seat on Cathay Pacific First Class what were your initial impressions walking on board, you know, how you were greeted, the seat itself? You know, I was impressed with the uh, the whole first area. I think uh, there was only three people in there. And we had thought that I had the 1A seat, but I had the 1K seat, unfortunately. But the funny thing is, there was the guy sitting behind me, and there was nobody in the middle seat. So we basically had our own aisle to ourselves anyway. So that was pretty easy. Yeah, the whole setup, it was, it, you know, the, the cabin's beautiful. You know, the little flower touches on the window uh, is is nice. The seat's massive. They had the pillows all laid out, which was kind of annoying because then you're working with a pillow on your back, and I didn't really like that so much, but not a big deal. So all that was great. I was greeted right away by uh, the purser and, you know, the, the flight attendant that I dealt with most of the time. And everything went smooth until we tried to leave, and we had to de-ice for like an hour, and we just sat there. <laughs> and then which the... Which after you've sat in a lounge for six hours is not what you want. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that's what I call really the post lounge uh, pre cruising altitude hangover. That's what I call. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you should have been uh, drinking more Krug. Krug, Krug, Krug. Yeah. So I got the pre departure, and and of course I'm like, she's like, "What do you want for your drink?" And I said, "Champagne." And I expected my Krug, and I forget what it was. I ha- I'll have to look up a picture, or I'll I'll put it in my my review or whatever. But it was uh it was like fifty dollars less a bottle. I looked it up, but I actually thought it tasted better, so it worked out in my favor, I guess. <laughs> All right, so so you get on the plane and uh, you know you you drink the champagne, you spit it back at the flight attendant and say, "No, I'm kidding." Right, no, so- it's funny. No, okay, let me tell, let me tell a little story about this. Because okay, so I'm sitting in dining and I try it and I'm I'm chatting with you you guys on Slack and. And uh, Bethany Walsh at Bougie Miles is like, I kind of agree with you. I, you know, I was on Emirates and had it and I told the flight attendant that and she almost dropped the bottle because she was so shocked that I was like, you know, it's, it's, eh, eh, it's okay. (laughs) I don't know. Honestly, I can, I can say that it's, it's not my favorite thing in the world. I've tried both, you know, Dom and Krug in different years and I've enjoyed it every time, but I'm not an expert enough to know the difference between a $50 bottle and a $200 bottle either. So I think most people who say that they understand it probably are, I don't know. You gotta drink that Tatinger. You gotta drink the Tatinger. So good. All right. So, so did you guys eventually, you got to take off where you, uh, did you get, do you have a headache at this point or you just, yeah. Oh yeah. Dry mouth, a little bit of a headache. Uh, I'm kind of miserable and I just like, come on. And I drank a lot of water the whole time, but it just, it was too long sitting there and I don't know. So you you get in the air though. And yeah. And and then you, uh, you ordered Johnny Walker blue. Is that how it happened? (laughs) Well, okay. So I knew I wasn't going to eat much because I was at the lounge for six hours. So I wanted to kind of test out their uh, special dining. I'm going to get so much hate for this. But 
<laughs> I, so I just randomly picked, like, I was, like, looking at their special thing. I wanted to see if they would mess it up or if they'd have it on board or whatever, kind of test it out. So I did the fruit platter or whatever the fruit fruit plate special dining so he comes over to confirm my uh my dinner i say he says you have the the fruit plate right i say yeah and i said can you throw in like some jasmine rice too because i saw that on you know the other order you know just something to eat along with my dinner and he looks at me and he's like oh okay yeah oh, oh you just want jasmine rice and the fruit plate yeah okay so then the uh the head flight attendant comes out like 20 minutes later and she's like i just want to confirm your dinner because i was talking you know to the flight attendant and you have very special requests so i, I want to uh, you know i want to confirm that you want the fruit which is going to be like a dried fruit and then a regular fruit plate and then jasmine rice and i said well you i, I don't like dry fruit so you don't need to bring that and that shocked her a little bit too. And then she's like, okay, okay. And she chuckles. And I think they went back and made fun of me, but that's fine. That's no problem. And confirmed the, the dinner and brought me my Johnny Walker Blue with uh, Coke. I, yes, I poured Coke into it. Okay. <laughs> and this is just going to get worse as this goes on. But so Johnny Walker Blue is what, $150, $200 a bottle? Something I think like it's like that. 180 Yeah. Yeah. But I don't like scotch. I don't like scotch because it's it's so it's too smoky. I'm a I'm a whiskey guy, if anything. But so I'm and, like, well, I got to try it because Sean said he loves it. But I'm like, I, I'm not going to drink. So it you know, scotch. you know, he tried it just because I said I loved it, just so he could say how terrible it was. <laughs> we know this going in. There was no way he was coming out of this experience. Of one, yeah, yeah. There was no way he was coming out of this experience <laughs> not thinking that. But the best part is, so you so you order this side of white rice uh, or jasmine rice, right? I'm assuming just white <laughs> yeah. rice. It's jasmine rice. Yeah, yeah, and then, white and, rice, and then uh, I'm already hyperventilating, knowing it's coming next. So I was like, oh, this will be kind of cool. Rice cooker on a plane. That's going to be something to try. But OK, yeah. Yeah. Go and on. So proceed. all of a sudden we get a message about, uh, you know, well, so what, so what do you put on your rice? So you get the rice, you have your. Well, I, your he, he, he brings out the rice and he brings out the fruit and I'm eating it, you know, and he brings. Well, he brought out the fruit first and then the rice second. So I'm eating the fruit and he brings out the rice and he puts the bowl down and he's like. Or uh, do you like, do you put the fruit in the rice? Is that how you eat it? Or I'm like, <laughs> and this is like the 12th time he's, he's come to like bug me while I'm trying to watch some, some movie. I don't know. And I'm just like, dude, I just want to eat and like relax and go to bed. Cause I'm at that point, I've, I've been up since 6am. I just want to go to bed. So he's, I said, no, I'm, I'm not putting the fruit in. I'm just going to eat the rice. And he's like, you don't put anything on it. I'm like, well, if you have soy sauce, you, that's fine. He's like, yeah, we have soy sauce. <laughs> so so he brings it out and you know i pour it on the the rice and then he comes back a couple minutes later and he says you know that's that's the way i eat rice too you know with soy sauce and i mix it up in the that's what i'm going to eat in the back and i'm like okay buddy you know that's great i'm proud of you like let's let's do this or whatever i don't know what's going on i just want to watch my movie but hey let's talk about soy sauce and rice so i sent you guys the message and joe do you want to chime in and tell me tell everybody what you told me um, I don't remember what I told you, but what I'm thinking right now is that is something that is only tolerated amongst little children when you are uh, Chinese. And it is possibly, sorry, Sean, to say this, I know you don't love these kinds of jokes, but possibly one of the whitest things you could have done on this Cathay Pacific flight. 
Oh, but you were. It had to be said. It had to be said. Okay, like. <laughs> but you, like, you... I used to, I used, to, I used to do this. Okay, I, I lived in Hong Kong for a few years, from when I was ten to twelve, and so I used to do this. I used to put soy sauce on my rice because, like, I was like a super picky kid, and I wouldn't eat this amazing Chinese food that was put before me that I would like kill to have now. And I would just put soy sauce on my rice and eat it, and all my relatives would just make fun of me. They'd be like, "What's wrong with this kid? Still putting soy sauce on his rice as a ten-year-old?" So, you know. <laughs> Uh, Mark, I know you're like pushing 40, so it's pretty embarrassing. Well, you did say, though, that, you know, Mark wasn't sure if the guy was making fun of him or not, but the guy was, he was relating to him. He was saying, hey, you know, you're you're weird like bond. me, too. Yeah, you, uh, yeah he, was, he was bonding with you. We're bonding over soy sauce and rice. Sauce. I mean, who doesn't like soy sauce and rice? It's amazing. I know, yes, Joe, but we, we're, Joe not, we're not supposed to like... admit it. We're not supposed to admit it as adults <laughs> nowadays. Okay, hey, that's the I'm going to tell a secret. Joe said he likes to make uh, fried rice so he can put soy sauce in it without being made fun of. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so yes, you got to... You know, can you imagine Joe in the kitchen making his fried rice and he's just squirting <laughs> that sauce in there? He is he's like, like a whole bottle of pickle, man. He's just like yeah, pouring it the only thing, The only thing that would be better in my fried rice than soy sauce would be Krug. That'd be the only better thing to put in there. <laughs> a little bit of Krug. Krug mixed with uh, Coke and uh, soy sauce. <laughs> Some Johnny Walker smoke. Some Johnny yeah. Walker smoke. I will tell smoke. you the, uh, since we're on this tangent, I will tell you the pro tip if you are making fried rice at home. Add a dash of ketchup to that fried rice and, uh, you know, it'll really uh, round out the flavor palette there. So, you know. Test it out and let us know, people. All yes. right. Yep. So Indeed. let's let's close this out because we're going long already. So what was your thought? So you, you get on, you get to try the fancy drink. You try some of the fancy food. <laughs> I guess, or just rice and soy <laughs> no, sauce. No, I didn't try any of the fancy food. You try none of the fancy food, and uh, you do try the seat in the bed and everything else. What did you think of the seat and the and the sort of you know it's not it's not an enclosed suite on Cafe Pacific, but it's a big, large sort of area that you have to yourself. Yeah, I do like when you uh, when you go to the 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 bed, like how the the extra little space next to you kind of like kicks up, so you. It, it's wider so when you roll or whatever you're not feeling like you're falling off so that was that was pretty great i mean if i was on if i was going all the way to hong kong i think that would be worth it that extra space would really make a difference i i feel but for like a six hour flight or you know for most of the time if i'm going to europe or something i think just a standard business class seat would be fine with me you know i just want my food dropped off watch a movie and be able to to lie down and go to bed so i'm a pickier eater as you guys probably can tell from the story so some of the first class stuff's lost on me I, I really love the lounge access that came with the ticket. That whole experience was great. I enjoyed that. I mean, the service was great. The, the people were nice, friendly. You know, they took care of anything you wanted. Totally opposite of what Joe said, that I have to push the call button because they were on top of me the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean, that I've, I've flown them quite a few times, and generally... Uh, I'm telling you, they were like, yeah. this dude... Okay, dude, they just putting, see, I they're like this dude's like putting they're like this dude's sauce over here. We better take yeah, good care of him. Like, he had they're like, me like fifteen times before I even brought up because they knew, they knew, they, they knew, like they knew this guy has a lot of needs. Okay, he's not gonna. He's not gonna accept. Special. They saw you. They saw you spit take with the krug. <laughs> They thought okay. they thought he he put soy sauce in his rice. He must not know how to hit the call attendant button. We better stay on top of him. This is oh, they just it? knew from the moment that you walked in, they put the masks on. Okay, they saw you walking in, they put the masks on. Then you spit out the krug. Okay, then you put soy sauce on your rice. You were probably watching some trash movie, and they saw that as well. 
Did, yes, people we know it's pronounced was crude. totally trash. It was the uh the Rambo last one. Oh my god. And then they like, all they all looked at each other and they said this is why they canceled the Vancouver to uh, No, they totally like, like I totally know that when I when he came to confirm my meal, they went right in the back and I heard him talk talk to her and they just started giggling. So there's only three people in there, so there's a good chance it was making fun of me. I know it was making fun of me, but that's okay. <laughs> So any uh, closing words or thoughts about this whole experience? Yeah, I mean, I'll be the first to say it. I thought it was a little bit overrated, maybe because it was a shorter flight. Um, Maybe because the whole wine and dine, fine, first class experience is lost a little bit on me. It's not something I need. I think I would have been perfectly happy paying, you know, like, I think it's like 15,000 less uh, avios or maybe more than that. If I would have flown business, I think that would have been fine. I wouldn't have any... Any issues with that? It was worth it, the one-time experience. The next time, I'd probably just book business class, but that's me. So I'm the rare voice out here saying (laughs) that you don't need to do it, okay? I guess. That's why we love you, Mark. I I will say you're not afraid to be wrong. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I will say that that is a different flight experience than when you are flying to Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. I think it'd it'd make a lot of difference if it was a longer flight. Yeah, because you didn't get ramen on demand. You didn't have time for it. So no, exactly. and there's and no the fancy caviar or anything like that or or Krug. Yeah, yeah you yeah. didn't get the fancy okay. stuff. So Krug is not pronounced with an Irish accent, okay? <laughs> uh, well, you've said Krug so many times. I couldn't steal that one. So I had yeah, to. By change. the way, I also know that it's not pronounced <laughs> Tatinger, okay? So anyone who threw their phones out the window at that point, please. Uh, well, sorry, you need a new phone. Uh, I'm going to say it now. This is the Head best injured. episode ever. I think yeah. this is going down. It's definitely going down, yeah. Going <laughs> down. You will not find another Cathay Pacific first class review like that one, uh, certainly. That's why we're happy to have you here on the uh, on the podcast. Let's get into uh, rapid fires. Uh, Mark, start us off with, uh, we promised the last time we're going to talk about this for a while, but this week was exciting because we got to uh, jump back in on the carousel of casino status matching. Yeah, so on the first, it was the time that you could uh, finally match your Wyndham Diamond status that you should have gotten during January back over to Caesars Diamond, which will get you the $100 dinner, will get you show tickets, cut the line, the Atlantis uh, trip if you want to you know, dance in some pee water in the hotel. <laughs> Uh, this episode so you can uh now's the time to match it back uh it, it it can take up to seven days to get the status match so don't wait until just before trip do it now because you don't want to do it like a few days before you go and then have it not uh hit i don't think anybody's gotten up updated yet hopefully tomorrow i think sean said founder's card is supposed to get it t- uh, tomorrow which will be the fifth this will come out on the 6th, so hopefully by the time you hear this, you'll been updated to diamond status, but it can take up to seven days, so do it sooner rather than later. I designed a really cool infographic about the status match, casino status match thing, and have you? is that on the website yet or no? No, I still got to write up a whole huge status match thing because I'm tired of answering people's questions. Well, maybe we can upload just the the media file to the website and put a link in the show notes because it explains the whole thing, and it's so pretty and cool, and I slaved over a hot computer screen to design yeah, it. There so. you go. All right, moving on to uh, the next rapid fire. We came across this really interesting product this week that we wanted to highlight. I guess it's in the UK and it's a credit card that allows you to build credit, except they don't allow you to actually use it. 
right? So it's just, you pay what, a couple pounds a month and they charge you and you pay that bill off. And then over time you're building credit, but there is no credit line or ability to use it. Um, do you think this is pretty cool? This, do you think this is something that we could have I, in the U.S.? Or I think it's genius for the company that came up with it. I mean, it's just profit. <laughs> yeah, but they're making like two dollars and fifty cents a month, or yeah. But if you get enough people, I times think some... a million people. <laughs> yeah, for doing nothing. If you are really like nervous that even, I mean, just go to a secure card, I guess, where you put your own money on it. Like you pay, you put five hundred dollar balance, and it comes off. Unless this works quicker, where your credit increases more because it's like considered a legit credit card versus a secure i don't know i don't know the whole ins and outs of that but i would definitely go that route over this just paying somebody but if you can't manage your funds at all and you just want credit so that you can buy a house or something i guess this this could make sense yeah i guess uh, we don't really know too many details about the uk credit system too um and how that works but yeah, yeah I mean, uh, brexit i mean who knows what's going on <laughs> there you go <laughs> That limits. That's the we put the edge of our expertise when it comes to these these topics. So, Joe, you want to take us to the next rapid fire? Yeah, better do that. So, uh, the next rapid fire is Ian wrote a post about the five best co branded hotel credit cards, and we were supposed to talk about it today, but you know, Mark uh, went on and on and on about yeah, Cathay Pacific First it was Class, the best uh, review ever. Yes, of course. So uh, we'd love to hear your comments. Like, do you agree with Ian? Why did he put the Radisson Rewards Visa card on there? You know, a lot of questions. Because <laughs> he knows we can't get it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of questions cool. to be a lot of questions to be asked about that post. But it is a good post to check out and think about. You know, especially if you're thinking about hotel loyalty. You know, you want to get the right co-branded card for it. So definitely check that post out, Mark. Yeah, and last up, uh, I wrote a post uh, about how to save money on Spirit Airlines flights because everybody loves to fly Spirit, right? I mean, I know yep. Sean loves Spirit. Spirit. I love Spirit. I fly it all the time. Um, and it actually came from a reader. A couple, most of the tips came from a reader, Douglas, uh, that he's figured these out over the, the time. So some different tips. I usually go to the airport to buy my tickets to save uh, 40 bucks per ticket round trip. So family 460 bucks. That's pretty great savings. It's worth a 30 minute drive for me. But if you're further away from the airport or it's just not going to work out for you, there's some tips in there. Different various things like uh, those 99% off codes or 80% off codes. Sometimes they'll work a day or two past the expiration date. The big front seat, which is one of the best things in domestic travel, in my opinion, because you can get it cheaper than you can fly domestic on like delta and stuff you can get that usually if you if you wait till 24 hours out if there's still a seat available available the price drops so some other tips like that type of stuff so definitely check out the post spirit is the most on-time airline in the u.s right now or at least it was last year so give them a chance right right sean yeah i mean i think it still pains me anytime i'm i hear people talking about spirit or any of the low-cost carriers and they just say they'll never fly them I know there's certainly situations where they're bad, but all these airlines have situations where they sort of fall flat. But I think there's a lot of people who could uh, have a nicer experience and save money by flying Spirit in the right circumstances. I don't fly them all the time, but uh, it's a great article and there's lots of cool ins and outs on saving money uh, on them and kind of knowing kind of the whole Spirit ecosystem, I guess. But uh, check it out. And uh, with that, we're going to end the show uh, Joe, uh, where can people find you during the week when they're not listening to the Miles to Memories podcast? You can uh, check out my newsletter, tinyletter.com slash Flies. You can also check me out at Flies all over social media, com for Miles and Points stuff. Craig from Middle Age Miles is coming on in the next week or two, so oh, that I love should Craig. be pretty good. Yeah, yeah pretty excited about that one. And uh, also, if you're into Disney stuff, check me out on DisneyDecipher.com podcast. Mark? 
You can email me at mark at milestomemories.com. You can check out uh, our Facebook groups, which there's links to all of them on Miles to Memories. I'm in there all the time. You can ask me some questions in there or, or Facebook instant message me. Or you can uh, just comment on any of my posts on the website and I'll get back to you there. How about you, Sean? Yeah, at uh, Miles to Memories on social media and then my personal Twitter at Best Disney Hacks. And uh, you can find me on the Facebook groups for Miles to Memories, milestomemories.com. We have some other cool new projects coming soon, so uh, stay tuned for those. And uh, until uh, next time, uh, see you later. Thanks for listening. And uh, leave us a review. Tell everybody about the show. Pop Bye. that crug. Bye. Joe, did you see how uh, how good my computer is now with the RAM? We, I didn't drop it out at all. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing RAM. Yes, because RAM has to do with network quality. Okay, okay. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> You guys brought it up i'm gonna go look and see how my rams performing right now hmm. sure it's <sighs> amazing 5.8 out of 19.6 gigabytes oh yeah it's okay what is that that means if you had eight you would have been fine <laughs> yeah. i had eight before it was but it was pressing up against the uh like i was hitting 100 percent quite a bit all right so oh my god how do i transition into 1099s Anyway, so New Orleans Shakira's getting a fat ten ninety nine after that. <laughs> no, what you say is what you say is Lady Gaga is money, but you know what else is money? Okay. No. no, no. <laughs> speaking of speaking of Lady Gaga, oh I mean speaking of money. No Unless you're super diligent about it. Unless you're super diligent about it. Unless you're super diligent about it. Okay. So you know <laughs> Actually we're not supposed to talk about it till the end, but what we can do it next mark you are crap (laughs) we can move around the schedule sean it will it'll be okay i know i was just trying to get people to stick around we didn't we should have teased it earlier so we didn't Uh, we didn't even tease it we're teasing it right now 30 seconds you gotta wait 30 more seconds (laughs) this is all outtakes anyway yeah yeah (laughs) all right but do you want to do it next because yeah yeah we we already said it so we might as well oh well okay why they don't want to now i'm rant now i'm sounding ranty just cut all that out <laughs> I'm a little ranty better, but yeah. Just cut all that out. There you go. From my yeah, cough. Go ahead. Yeah, cut it right into the uh, outtakes.